At about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing idle. And he said to them, Why have you been standing here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one hired us. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right you will receive. So when evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to his steward, Call the laborers and give them their wages, beginning with the last to the first. And when those uh, came who were hired about the eleventh hour, they each, they each received a denarius. But when the first came, they supposed that they would receive more. And they likewise received a denarius. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner, saying, These last men have worked only one hour, and you made them equal to us who have borne the burden and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give to this last man the same as to you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Or is your eye evil because I am good? So the last will be first and the first last. For many are called, but few chosen. Father, I just pray today that you will take the word of the Lord. Father, not the prepared sermon that I have put together, even though I have worked and labored hard and prayed and sought you. But God, I pray, Lord, the true word of God will come forth today. God, we will receive your word and we will act upon your word today. Let your anointing break any yoke of hindrance or bondage today. Lord, we ask all of these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, your son. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. You may be reseated this morning. Today we are going to begin a brand new series of messages that I'm calling Pearls from the Parables. You see, much of the teaching and preaching of Jesus was done through parables or stories or illustrations that Jesus told. Jesus would tell a story or he would tell a parable in order to teach on a certain topic or subject. So as the Holy Spirit leads me, I'm going to endeavor to share with you some wonderful pearls from some of the parables of Jesus. I don't know how long this series is going to last. When I get bored, I promise you I'll bail out, because if I'm bored, I'm sure you are. But as long as the Lord leads and directs, and as long as the Lord gives me pearls from these parables. Now, you need to understand that the parables of Jesus have both a practical side as well as a spiritual side. Now, this morning, I have chosen the parable of the vineyard. And we have just read that this morning, so I want us to to notice four pearls that we can find in this parable. The first pearl that I find in this parable this morning is this. We should take God's work seriously. One amen. We should take God's work seriously. Now, Now, no doubt everyone would agree with that statement. But here's what most people do not understand, and that is all work is God's work. 
Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 23. Paul writes and he says, whatever you do, whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not as unto man. And he writes in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 7, he says, With good will do service as to the Lord and not to man. What is Paul saying in these two verses? He's saying two things. He's saying, number one, that we ought to take God's work seriously. And he is saying that all work is God's work. You see, whether, whether you are a pastor, a postman, or a plumber, doesn't matter. You need to understand that you are doing the Lord's work. And since you are doing the Lord's work, then you should be doing your work. You should be doing the Lord's work with excellence. Because all of us are called to work in the Lord's vineyard. And all work, whatever it is, is valuable to God. You see, that stay-at-home mom that cares for her husband and children is valuable to God and valuable to her family. That man or that woman that goes off to work every single day in order to put food on the table and a roof over the head of their family is doing the Lord's work. And God is pretty clear in the Word about how He feels about the lazy and the slothful. In the parable that Jesus told about the vineyard, he was pretty clear about the importance of taking work seriously. I want you to notice that that, that the landowner in this parable was busy with his business from sunup to sundown. This tells me that we should take God's work seriously and we should understand that all work is God's work. I want us to take a moment this morning and... And look at Luke, at Luke chapter 10. Let's turn there real quickly. Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. And let's read verses 38 through 42. The Bible says, Now it happened as they went that he, speaking of Jesus, Jesus entered a certain village. And, he said, and it says, A certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister named Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and she said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha. You are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. Here's what I believe we need Marys, worshipers. Mary was a worshiper. She could listen to Jesus teach all day long. She could sit at the feet of the master and listen and, uh, to his every word, no matter how long it would be. She was a worshiper. 
I don't know, but perhaps she loved to sing songs of worship as well. Thank God for worshipers. Thank God for worship leaders. Worship leaders who lead us into the presence of the Lord every single Sunday. And let me say this this morning, if they are not leading you into God's presence, it's because you are not following them into God's presence. Because they are leading us every single Sunday. They are are leading us into the presence of Almighty God. And if you are not getting into the presence of God, it's simply because you are not following them into the presence of the Lord. Thank God for worshipers and thank God for worship leaders. We need Marys. We need worshipers. But not only do we need Marys, we need Marthas. We need Marthas, workers. Martha was busy. Martha was serving. She was cooking. She was cleaning. She was caring. Now, I understand that Martha received a gentle rebuke from Jesus, but listen to me. Listen. Here's a pearl. I know that Martha received a gentle rebuke from Jesus, But the rebuke, look closely. The rebuke came not for what she was doing. Jesus did not chastise her for serving. Jesus was not offended nor upset nor angry with Martha because she was serving. Jesus didn't give her a hard time because she was serving. The rebuke came not for what she was doing, but for what she was not doing. And what she was not doing was she was not recognizing the value of what her sister Mary was doing. Do you get that? Here's what I believe this morning. Mary's need to learn to appreciate Martha's, and Martha's need to learn to appreciate Mary's. Worshippers need to learn to appreciate workers, and workers need to learn to appreciate workers or worshipers. And here's something else we need to understand. Worshippers also need to work. Although I seldom ask the worshipers to work. Worshippers also need to work, and workers also need to worship. Listen, we need to stop glorifying people on the platform while, the, while we take for granted the people who are doing the grunt work. So whether you are a Mary or whether you are a Martha, whether you are a worshiper or you are a worker, you are appreciated at the grace place. And we need people worshiping on the platform. And thank God, amen, let's put the worshipers on the platform so they can take us into the presence of Almighty God. 
But not only do we need worshipers on the platform, we need workers in the seats. We need workers in the parking lot. We need workers in the classrooms. We need workers mingling through the people and ministering to the need of the people. Thank God for the Marys, but thank God for the Marthas. We need them both. We should take God's work seriously and we should understand that all work is God's work. And so because we understand that all work is God's work, then when the alarm goes off tomorrow morning, I want you to jump out of bed. I want you to get yourself a shower and a cup of coffee or drink your greens or whatever it is that you're doing right now, and then joyfully go off to work understanding that you are not working for some ungrateful boss or some uncaring company. No, no. You are working in the vineyard of your Lord. And so I challenge you this morning, work for Him with excellence and work for Him with, with efficiency and work for Him with enthusiasm. Amen. Go be a representative. Go shine a light in a dark place. Stop thinking I wish Sunday would hurry up and come so I can minister. Don't you understand? Amen. That you are a minister right where you are. So don't wait for the hour or two or three hours. You get an opportunity to minister on Sunday morning. Understand that God has specifically uh, aligned you and placed you and put you right where you are. There is a work for you to do. Amen. He wants you to go. Amen. And show somebody the way to Jesus. So go influence somebody in a positive way. Let your co-workers see Jesus in you. Notice the second pearl that I pulled from our parable for today. Number two, we should look for people to help us. Let's reread verses 3 through 7. It says, if the landowner went out about the third hour and saw others standing in the, in the marketplace. They said to them, you also go into the vineyard and whatever is right, I'm going to give it to you. And so they went. Again, he went out about the sixth and the ninth hour and he did the same thing again. And about the eleventh hour he went out, found others standing idle. And he said to them, why have you been standing here idle all day? And they said to him, because no one hired us. He said to them, you also go into the vineyard, whatever is right, you will receive. Here's what I believe, and that is no one should do God's work alone. No one should do God's work alone. Let me give you three attributes to look for in a worker. I told you that we need to look for people to help us, so let me give you three attributes to look for in in a worker. Number one, look for people who are available. That's deep, right? But we often overlook the obvious. So look for people who are available. The landowner in, in this parable went out in search of workers. The Bible said he went out at 6 o'clock in the morning, went out at 9 o'clock in the morning, went out at noon, went out at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, went out at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. And the Bible says that every single hour that he went in search of workers, every single time he went looking for workers, he found workers that were available. Now, 
ministry leaders often say, I can't find anyone to help me in my ministry. I say, have you really looked for somebody to help you, or have you just heard someone, or have you just hoped someone would come to you and volunteer? I promise you there are people who will help you in your ministry, but you will have to go and look for them. But don't just look for people that are available. Number two, look for for people who are agreeable. Verse 2 says they agreed with him. Who did he hire? Those that agreed with him. Choose people who are agreeable. Let me ask you this this morning. If Tom and Bill have a problem, Tom and George have a problem, Tom and Paul have a problem, Tom and Jack have a problem, who's the problem? Most of the people that give me fits, give their boss fits at work, give their co-workers fits, give people fits at home. Choose people who are agreeable. And the third, look for people who are able. Now evidently the landowner chose people who knew how to pick grapes. We need to understand who the Marys are and who the Marthas are. We need to understand who the worshipers are and who the workers are. Don't place a Mary in the position of a Martha or a Martha in the place of a Mary. Don't place a worshiper in the position of a worker. On the other hand, please, don't put the workers up here. (laughs) Amen? Amen. Because, because listen, let's do it this morning. The easiest way to frustrate... Some good practical stuff this morning. I've just given you three attributes to look for uh, when you're choosing people to work for you. Number one, look for people that are available. Number two, people who are agreeable. Number three, people who are able. Now let me really quickly demonstrate somebody. The easiest way to limit the potential of somebody is to place them in a position that they are not gifted for. And God has gifted all of us, but we all have different gifts. And so we need to find the position, amen, that we are gifted for. And if you put us in the the position that we are gifted for, we will shine. We will rise to the top, man. We will excel. And let me suggest two things about these people. Two things about people that are available, agreeable, and able. Number one, they're not usually too far away. Usually they're not too far away. The Bible said that every time the landowner went out looking for these kinds of people who possess these attributes, he found some every single time. I'm telling you, they are there. And number two this morning, I want you to understand that it's never too late to get started.
It's never too late to get started. Some of these workers weren't discovered until 5 o'clock in the evening. 11 hours had already gone into the working day. And some of these workers were not discovered until 5 o'clock in the evening. 11 hours into the working day. And only one hour left to work. I don't know this morning, but perhaps that describes you. Maybe, maybe you are in your twilight years. Maybe you're on the downhill side of life. And because of that, you think that it's just too late for you to make a difference in somebody's life. It's just too late for you that you cannot work in the vineyard. You cannot work in the kingdom of God. But I'm going to tell you, it's never too, work, too late to get involved and get busy working for the Lord. Jack Cantor is nearly 82 years old. I mean, 82 years young. Excuse me, Jack. But after me, on Sunday morning, the first person to show up around here is Jack Cantor. About 7.30 on Sunday morning. It's not too late. It's not too late. These men have stood around for 11 hours and had not worked one moment, but they still got hired and they still were effective. I'm telling you, these are the last days. I believe that Jesus is coming soon. Maybe you're in your twilight years. Maybe you don't have a lot of time left, but I'm telling you, as long as there's breath in your body, there's still something that you can do for the kingdom of God. Notice the third pearl I discovered in this parable. Number three, we should evaluate each worker separately. Verse 8 through 10. So when evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to his steward, Call the laborers and give them their wages, beginning with the last to the first. And when those came who were hired about the eleventh hour, they each received a denarius. But when the first came, they supposed that they would receive more. But they likewise received each a denarius. And when they had received it, they complained against the landlord. Let me ask you this question this morning. Why did the landowner pay all the workers the same amount? They didn't all work the same amount of time. So on the surface, it looks like they are not being treated fairly. But they are. It's not in my notes, but let me just tell you that it was fair because that's what they agreed to. And when you agree to something, it doesn't matter what the boss does for somebody else. You agreed to it. So if, if, he's telling, if he's doing for you what he said he would do for you, even though he's doing three times as much for somebody else, hey, man, you can't whine and complain and say he's not fair. If you signed up for it and he's doing it, then it's fair. Amen? Amen. Amen. That wasn't in my notes, but let's go on. Let me ask the question again. Why did the landowner... Pay all the workers the same amount. They didn't all work the same amount of time. Well, the answer is not given. The answer is not given, but let me give you two possible. Say possible. 
pastor said, no, pastor said it was possible, okay? The answer's not given, so let me give you two possible answers. Perhaps, say perhaps. Perhaps he did this because he took responsibility for their unemployment. Perhaps he paid everyone the same amount because he took personal responsibility for their unemployment. Where'd you find that at, Pastor? Well, verse 6 and 7. Verse 6, he goes at at the 11th hour, 5 o'clock in the evening. Only one hour left to work. About the 11th hour, he went out and he found others standing idle. Made him mad, ticked him off. I mean, you know, man, I mean, I've got... I've got grapes falling off the vine, man. I mean, every time one falls off, I'm losing money, man. Here these guys are just standing around doing nothing. He's angry, man. He's ticked off. About the 11th, you say, where did you get that? The Benson Revised Version. Get it. Pick it up at the local bookstore. (laughs) About the 11th hour, he went out and found others standing idle, and he said to them, Why have you been standing here idle all day? And they said to him, Nobody hired us. I don't know for sure why he gave everyone the same, but maybe because he took responsibility for their unemployment. Because when these when this landowner chastised these laborers for standing around idle all day while, he, while, while his ripened fruit fell from his vines and onto the ground in waste, they reminded him, they reminded him that they were there at 6 o'clock when he came to hire. And they were there at 9 o'clock in the morning when he came to hire. And they were there at noon and they were there at 3 when he came to hire. Every time he came looking for laborers, they were there. They were not idle because they weren't available, agreeable, or able. They were idle because he had failed to hire them. That for whatever reason, they had been overlooked in the hiring process. And I wonder how many people we overlook. I wonder how many, how, how many potential workers are, are right there under our noses, but for whatever reason, we do not see them. We do not acknowledge them. We do not hire them. We do not put them to work in the Lord's vineyard. Perhaps they don't meet our holier-than-thou standards. Perhaps they don't look like we think they ought to look or maybe they don't act the way that we think they ought to act. Well, I understand standards and I understand that the higher the position, the higher the standards. But I believe that too often people are overlooked who could add great value to our team and could be an incredible asset to the Lord's vineyard. But for whatever reason, we look right by them, we look right past them. We come and we pray and we ask God for workers and God puts workers right under our nose and we don't even notice them and we don't even acknowledge them and we don't put them to work and we keep praying but we keep overlooking the ones that the Lord has already put right there under our nose. Perhaps the reason why some churches never grow is because God says you're not doing anything with the little bit you've got. You're not doing anything with the little potential you have now. Why should I trust you with more potential? And until you do a little bit with the little bit of the potential that you have right now, then and only then will you be able to be trusted for greater potential in the future. 
We're always looking for volunteers. You know what? I don't have one right here, but I, you know, nine times out of ten, people are looking for a microphone. <laughs> hey, we need people holding microphones. We need Marys. We need people on the stage. We need people, amen, doing the public speaking. We need those kinds of things. But I'm going to tell you, more often than not, we're looking for some Marthas. We're looking for some people that are willing to serve. We're looking for some people that are not, willing, that are not uh, too good to do the grunt work. We're looking for some people that are ready to roll up their sleeves and do whatever for the kingdom of God. Amen. They may finally make their way up onto the platform, but they'll never make their way up onto the platform until first they're willing to take a broom and sweep it for the Lord's work. I bet you've never sweeped. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, right. I, I just, you know, at 17, I just got a church of 500 and a great salary and, and wonderful staff. It, I, yeah, sure. Let's don't go there. Here's another possibility. Say possibility. I like this one. You may not, but I do. It's my sermon. I like it. Here's another possibility. Why? That he gave all the same. Perhaps, 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 trying to put the on the end of it, anyway. Perhaps they reaped as much in a little time as the rest did in a lot of time. You're actually working all day. And here's something else I understand. I said, perhaps. Perhaps they reaped as much in a little time as the rest did in a lot of time. Here's what I've learned. Just because you're at work all day doesn't necessarily mean if you do work all day, if you're working on the wrong things, Even though you're worn out at the end of the day, you have not actually been productive for the one you work for. Well, I got all this done. I got all that. I got all that. Yeah, but that's not what he wanted done. And you wonder why you work so hard and he's not, he's not acknowledging, you're, well, maybe you're doing the wrong thing. You're doing what you want to do, what you think needs to be done instead of what your boss says needs to be done and wants to get done. Hello? Testing, testing. I don't know, but perhaps the reason why the last will be first and the first will be last is because the 11th hour worker did more in the final hour than the others who worked all 12 hours of the working day. And perhaps, I don't know, but perhaps the 11th hour workers were actually doing what the landowner hired them to do while the others were doing what they wanted to do and in the way they wanted to do it. Well, I could chase a rabbit right here, but I'd be in trouble when I got home. Go ahead. (laughs) 
I pastored in Midland, I had two executive assistants. One of them was my wife, and the other, her name was Sandy. And I often told my wife, I said, why is it I can tell Sandy, I want you to start at A and end in Z? And Sandy would start at A and end in Z. She'd do exactly and precisely what I wanted and what I asked her to do. I would tell my wife, I want you to go to A, and I want you to end in Z. And she'd say, but why don't we go this way? And why don't we do it that way? I'm all in now. And I'm doing so good, and I'm doing so much, and I'm working so, yeah, but what about A to Z? I want to do it. Brian, can we edit this message before we put it online, please? <laughs> For the last several years, my wife and I have been praying a prayer. You've all heard this many times. Some of you are brand new. But the last few years, my wife and I have been praying a prayer. And our prayer is that God would allow our latter years to be greater than our former years. I don't know about you this morning, but I want to do more in my last hour than in all of my other hours put together. And not only do I want to do more in my last hour than I have done in my former hours all put together, I also want to do what God wants me to do in the way that God wants me to do it. Amen. I I have people pulling on me and tugging on me and want me to do this and do that and go here and do that and try this and try something else. And then listen, all of that is well and good. But let me tell you this morning that more, more than that, I want to hear the voice of God. Amen. I don't want to just read a book or get online or see what the latest uh, mega church is doing. Amen. I want God to tell me what to do. I want God to tell me what he wants for the grace place. Amen. I want to preach what God tells me to preach, not what everybody else is preaching. Amen. Amen. Not only do I want to do more in my latter years, but I want to make sure that what I am doing is what God has called me to do and what God wants me to do and what God wants for my church, not everybody else's church. I don't know, but perhaps a landowner in this parable recognized that these 11th hour workers did as much or more in one hour than the other workers did who worked all day. So let me challenge you this morning, get to work in the master's vineyard. Because the fruit is ripe and falling off the vines. Oh, the fruit is all around you. It's ripe and it's ready to be picked and ready to be harvested. There's a word for everybody. Whether you are a Mary or you're a Martha, whether you are a worker or a worshiper, whether you're a preacher, a painter, or a policeman, it doesn't matter. Somebody said what centuries have left undone now crowds the hour of setting sun. Jesus said, don't dare say there's four months and then comes the harvest. He said, lift up your eyes and look on the field because they are ripe. All ready for harvest. Jesus said... I must work the works of him that sent me while it's day because the night is coming when no man can work. We need to decide and discover where we are. We need to find out if we're a Mary or we're a Martha, whether we're a worshiper or a worker. We need to find our our niche. We need to find our place. And we need to roll up our sleeves and give it all we got. Amen. Because Jesus is coming and we better hurry up and get the job done. All right, notice the fourth and final pearl I find in the parable. Number four, we should err on the side of grace. Verse 10 through 16 again. When the first came, they supposed that they would receive more. But they likewise received each a denarius. 
And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner. They said, these last men have worked just only one hour. And yet you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, friend, I'm not doing you any wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Then take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give to this last man the same as I give to you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with what is my own? Or is your eye evil because I am good? And the last will be first, and the first will be last. And many are called, but few are chosen. Here's what I've observed. Most people want grace for themselves, but they extend very little to others. You see, I believe if the roles were reversed in the story, if the ones who had labored all day had only worked one hour and the landowner had offered them the same, I'm convinced they would not have had a problem accepting it. I've known people who screamed the loudest, wanted to throw the book at someone who failed in some area. But when they messed up, when they messed up, they wanted and expected unconditional grace. You know, you're trying to get in. You know, you're late for work, and you know, you're trying to get in. Why won't they let me in? And you honk at them and you yell at them and you scream at them. And the next day, you're where they were and somebody needs to get in. Nobody, you ain't getting in. How do I know that? Look real quickly this morning, Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, verse 37, 38. I'm sorry, it's Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6, verse 37. Jesus says, judge not. And you should not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, taken together, running over, will be put into your bosom. And with the same measure that you use, will be used in measure back to you. So according to Jesus, we will be judged according to the way we have judged others. If we are harsh and unforgiving in our judgment of others, we too will be judged. And you'll be con- you will be forgiven. Given, it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down. By others with harsh and unforgiving judgment. On the other hand, if we are graceful and forgiving in our judgment of others, we, we will receive a graceful and forgiving judgment by others. 
I don't know about you this morning, but I've read my Bible, and it tells me that there's only one unpardonable or unforgivable sin, which the Bible calls the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, which is attributing to the devil what the Holy Spirit has done. All other sin is forgivable. All other sin is pardonable. Lying, cheating, stealing, murder, rape, adultery, homosexuality, greed, lust, jealousy, slander, gossip, and the list goes on and on and on and on. These are all, say all. These are all forgivable sins. Romans 3 and 23 says all have sinned and have fallen short to me- and have failed to measure up to God's standards. 1 John 1 and 9 says if we are, if we'll confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All. In our parable for today, the landowner chose to be graceful to the 11th hour worker. He chose to bless them. He chose to give them more than they deserved. He chose to be good to them because it was in his power to do so. Proverbs 3 and 27 says, Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in the power of your hand to do so. Let me tell you, if God gives you a lot, it's not just so that you can live so much better than the rest of us live. I'm not saying it's wrong to... To, to live well. And I'm just saying that's not all that it's there for. Amen. God has put that money in your hands as a responsibility. And it is in your hands. And you can do something with it. And you can bless others with it. And you can bless the kingdom of God with it. Amen. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due. When it is in the power of your hand to do so. And Galatians 6 and 10 says, As we have opportunity, let us do good to everybody. But especially to those that are of the household of faith. I'm thinking right now of a couple of gentlemen in our church as well as their wives. And they are constantly and consistently looking for somebody to bless. They bought cars for people. They've, 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 they've paid people's utility bills. They've, they've, they've bought people groceries. They've, they, they've, they've helped people with their college. I mean, I, the list goes. These, these men and their, and their wives are constantly looking for somebody to bless. One of these gentlemen is constantly asking me, Pastor, is somebody in need right now? And he told me one time, anytime somebody's really in need, let me know. And if I can, I'll help them. And for the two guys that are here today, there are just three hands just went up in the back. Right now, they're volunteering for your help, all right? Our fourth pearl this morning is we should err on the side of grace. Grace is giving or receiving something you do not deserve or did not work for. It is unmerited favor. Get the worship team back up in place this morning very quickly, very quietly this morning. I'm not finished preaching, so please continue to focus on the word this morning. I'm going to say it again. Grace is giving or receiving something that you did not deserve or did not work for. It's unmerited favor. And grace and grace alone will save us. God's grace. God giving to us what we do not deserve and we cannot earn. Today we've begun a series I'm calling Pearls from the Parables. Next Sunday we'll discover some pearls from another parable of Jesus. Father, I just pray that you'll take this word this morning 
and let your word do its work in the heart and the life of your people today. Can we all stand in this room this morning very quickly, very quietly? If your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed today, I wonder if you're here today and you're in need of God's grace. You're in need of God's grace for salvation. You're not saved today. The Bible says we are saved by grace, not by works, lest any man should boast. It's the gift of God. So God has a gift called grace where he will give you salvation. Not based upon who you are, but based upon who his son is. Not based upon what you do, but based upon what his son has already done for you on the cross. So as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed in this room this morning, all over this room, if you're here this morning and you are in need of God's grace for salvation, I want you to lift your hand up really high this morning and let me recognize you have lifted your hand. Once I recognize you've lifted your hand, I won't call your name or anything. I'll just recognize somebody lifted their hand. I'm in need of God's grace for salvation this morning. If that's you all over this room, lift your hand. All right, in the very back here on my right and your left, about two-thirds of the way back. God bless you. You can put your hand down now. Thank you. Anyone else this morning, I'm in need of God's grace for salvation today. All right, I wonder this morning how many in this room you'd say, Pastor, I'm in need of God's grace today for my actions. For my recent actions. I feel conviction this morning for my recent actions. And I need God's grace this morning for my actions. This morning, can I see your hand? Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. And you, several hands. Several hands all over this room. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. You can put your hands down this morning your heads are heads are still bowed your eyes are still closed this morning how many of you in this room this morning would lift your hand and by lifting your hand you are saying I need to give some grace there's someone in need of my grace right now and I've been withholding that grace and I need to give I need to give that grace God bless you how many others I need to give some grace all over this room. Thank you. Wow, lots of hands this morning. I need to give some grace. All right, this next one. Nobody's looking around, please. One last question. Pastor, I need to learn how to be graceful. I need to learn how to be more graceful. Can I see your hand all over this room? God bless you. God bless you. I lift my hand this morning. I'm a type A personality. I'm a take charge person. That's just who God made me. I don't apologize for that. Plugged in the right place. It's awesome just like whatever your gifting is is awesome if it's plugged in the right place. But our kind of people tend to be black and white, yes or no, in or out, up or down. It's ironic and even funny to me <laughs> God would choose me to build a grace place of all people. But God chose me. Clearly, he'd look for a basset hound and not a bulldog. 
I lift my hand this morning. There are hands lifted all over this room this morning for each one of these questions. If you answered one or more of these questions, I want you to come this morning and stand in the front real quickly. Just move very quickly. Move very quickly this morning. If you lifted your hand for one or more of these questions, maybe you didn't lift your hand, but now that others are coming, you don't feel threatened and you know, you know what, I should have. Well, you didn't lift your hand. It's okay. You can still come. Come on out. Then I want the rest of you to come and fill in behind them this morning. Everyone come this morning. Everyone come this morning.